Welcome to Golf Life Now's podcast. I'm your host, Bill Anderson, and the topic today is how to pass that FHA and VA inspection. I'm going to start by explaining the difference between the methods of buying properties for those of you that are not necessarily aware. A conventional purchase is a purchase that goes with a mortgage company or broker or lender that does not sell, at least initially, that mortgage to a government agency. That could be held by a bank, it could be held by any number of entities, repackaged and then sold. With a conventional loan, there isn't an inspection. There is an appraisal, and an appraisal is a type of inspection, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. But I wanted to let you know that with conventional, that's usually the way you have to buy a property that has problems in order to get past the issues that are brought up by a VA inspection or an FHA inspection. Now, the way you buy a conventional home is a little bit different in the down payment also. You'll have to put down a little more money. Generally, the conventional loans start with 5%. The more typical is a 20% down. There's also a 10% down payment for those properties as well. And they also have mortgage insurance. That's not terribly relevant to the inspections we're going to be talking about. But it is a different type of loan than getting an FHA or VA loan. So let's tackle the VA loan now. The VA loan is a loan where the person that's applying was in the service and they are qualified to get this VA loan because of their service. They have a certificate from VA and VA basically says that there's no down payment required. However, there is a massive funding fee Sometimes it's paid for by the seller. Sometimes it's rolled into the loan. That's how it's a little bit different. The funding fee basically is the same as the mortgage insurance on a conventional loan. But because the VA is risking a lot here, or at least the banks are risking a lot, and the VA is standing behind them for a certain percentage of that loan, they want to make sure that the house is basically safe to live in. That's the ultimate uh, banner across the top is health and safety with the VA and also the FHA inspection. To be specific about the VA inspection, it's probably the harshest inspection. I have seen loans fail because there was a broken window. Something as simple as that because the seller refused to fix it before the inspection. Sometimes these things can get fixed after the inspection if they're on a checklist and they go back and fix them before the closing. More often than not, more problems are found and that loan does not go through as a result of that inspection. To talk about the FHA inspection is very similar to the VA inspection. It's pretty tough and sometimes if they find just a few little things you won't be able to get the loan. I've been reading up on this a little bit recently and talking to colleagues. I'm a real estate broker and the information as of late is that the harshest inspections have been lightened up a little bit. 
that means that maybe that broken window would pass today, whereas a couple of years ago it would not. Now that's always a risk. It just seems that the word is coming down from on high that some of the individuals that are trying to buy these homes are in lower income areas and that they should be given a little bit of, I guess, what slack, if you will, and let a few things go that aren't terribly important. However, if they're major and they're health and safety issues, they're not going to be passed on. Let me just give you a short list of a few things that are typical that you need to be careful of if you're buying. And if you're a seller, you really should fix some of these things before you put it on the market. It'll make it easier for you to sell the home if you can sell it to someone who wants to buy an FHA or a VA or a conventional. If you drop out the FHA and the VA loans, you're only going to have a conventional market and there will be many people that cannot buy your home. So you may have motivation to fix things and many of these things aren't terribly expensive to repair. They're often minor things. The roof is probably the biggest thing. That's important because if it's leaking, if it's not in good condition, that's not going to pass. If the roof is in fairly good condition but it's older, as long as it doesn't have any signs of leaking up in the attic when they do the inspection, uh, or if, there, if it was repaired and you have some type of receipts or something to show that and the inspector looks and says that, that water damage up there has been there for a long time, that may be okay. But roofs are, are really a, an important thing today with inspectors. You need to have a good foundation. Now, if your house is sitting on a slab, that's probably okay. But if there's been erosion under that slab, that's not going to be okay. If you have a house that's sitting on piers and it's tilted, that may not pass an inspection because what's happening is that the, the uh, pilings have been slipping on one side or the, or the cinder blocks are holding it up or slipping on a side. That's important to have fixed. The working furnace and water heater and air conditioning system, they all have to be working. They can't be, well, we'll fix it and we'll get around to it. They have, as soon as they turn that on, the heater ought to be pumping hot air and the air conditioning system ought to be pumping cold air. In areas where there are basements, the basement has to be dry. If they walk down in that basement and they smell mildew in that basement, that is a health problem. There may also be a problem with radon in the basement as well. They may not be able to detect that while they're there, but they certainly don't want to approve a house that has a leaky wet basement. Windows are important as I mentioned. They want to make sure the windows are not broken and that they have perform a seal and that they can be opened. I have found a number of older houses where the windows were painted shut and they couldn't be opened. That's likely to fail an inspection. The doors, the front door, the back door, any exterior doors have to function well. They have to be sealed against the weather. If they aren't, that might be something that could pass. Depends on how serious it is. 
a lot of doors that face the outside, the exterior doors are exposed to the elements and occasionally there's wood rot down at the bottom of the doors which leave gaps where insects and uh, other things that crawl around can get in. Stair railings, very important for safety. They better be tightened up. You need to have the correct number of spindles in there. There's a width uh, requirement. The uh, railings have to be a height such as 32 inches. And uh, the, the railings around decks that are over 30 inches above the ground um, at 42 inches in height. There are other specifications on these two, and you need to check what those specifications are. If you built that yourself, did you follow the code for it? They're really concerned about children getting through the spindles being too wide or where the railing is too short. And also the stairs. The stairs going into your house, the stairs going down from your deck, they have to be a certain prescribed height for each step. Make sure that the uh, railings have balusters, that uh, they're no more than uh, four inches apart. That's to avoid the children, you know, getting their head stuck between them. That's what I just mentioned a little bit ago. But the stairs, the interior stairs, are also an issue, not just the exterior stairs or steps. The electrical wiring has to be up to code. Uh, at least the code when the house was built, not, not the current code. But you don't want to have any exterior wires or electrical outlets hanging out of the wall. Anything that you can observe that just doesn't look right on the electrical side of the house, you need to fix those things. A lot of times they'll go up in the attic and they'll see exposed wiring. Um, that's not going to be acceptable. Or they'll see old wiring that is still being used should should have been wired around when the house was rewired uh, but the wiring is still there and they use part of it so no exposed wiring and also no holes in the walls or ceilings sometimes a tenant was in the property and the person selling it didn't pay attention they just evicted the tenant and said here it is and then they put it out on the market and they say i'm not going to fix anything it's just the way it is well, the, the tenant may have punched some holes in the walls in there and left them in there, and that's not going to be acceptable. You need to, uh, if you're a seller, fix those walls. If you're a buyer, as soon as you see that when you do walk through your home, you know you're not going to get a loan for this. So if you're trying to go FHA, you might as well forget about that. Usually your real estate agent will be able to tell you if you walk through with a real estate agent if that home will qualify as an FHA home or a... VA home. Uh, GFCI outlets, you know, you need those within six feet of any water faucet and they need to work. Sometimes they're there, but they don't work at all. I recall a house that was on the market. I had a client that wanted to buy that house and uh, the inspection found that there were about 28 outlets in the house. They were about two feet off the floor nor about a normal height for an outlet and not a single one of them was grounded that house had been flooded during a hurricane and they cut the drywall off and they rewired it so that there wouldn't be any corrosion with outlets and put all brand new outlets in 
And even though the wiring was there for the ground side of the outlet, they never connected it. It was right there, right behind the, uh, the, the fixture itself, and they never pushed it in. Uh, so that required to have somebody come out there and take care of that before that house could close. That was a conventional house, but nevertheless, the buyer didn't want to buy that house if he didn't have a single grounded outlet in the entire home. The electrical outlets at every 12 feet around the house are important. Now, sometimes the homes are older homes and everything's been retrofitted, and if there isn't one in every 12 feet, maybe they'll let that go. It's a possibility, but you never know. It's a risk to take. You need water-resistant flooring in the bathroom, not carpeting. If you have carpeting in the bathroom and you're a seller, get rid of the carpeting and put some tile or laminate in there that is water-resistant in any of the bathrooms. And the same thing with the kitchen, too. You need water-resistant in the kitchen. Now, you can have actual wood flooring, but that wood flooring has to be water-resistant. You need to have functional flooring over at least 80% of all of the floors. That's going to be an important thing. And there are many, many, many other things that will be looked at by the inspectors as well. Most of these things that I have discussed here, except for the outlets every 12 feet, for example, you can actually look at and tell that there's something wrong. If it's a possible health or safety issue, the house won't be approved for that loan. That's going to have to be done before the inspector comes by. Now, sometimes inspectors will permit things to be fixed after the fact, usually not, because you'll have to have them come back out and verify that those things are fixed, and you'll have to pay again. That usually takes too long, and the loan isn't going to close in that period of time. So many lenders will simply back out of that and say, nope, that house isn't going to qualify. So before you think you have a really good deal on your house, if you're planning to finance it with an FHA loan or a VA loan, have someone look at it. Have your real estate agent take a look at it. You don't need to have a house inspector come out at that point. You need to just observe and have someone who understands whether that loan might go or not. Otherwise, you're going to put a down payment down, but before that lender starts doing all their work, you're going to need to get somebody in there to do a house inspection for you. The problem after the fact here is that you've already started the process. You're going to pay for that house inspection, which may do you no good whatsoever if that VA or FHA inspector finds all kinds of issues that the house inspector will find. The best thing you can do is avoid trying to buy a house that looks like it's not going to go FHA or VA. And again, work closely with your real estate agent who will ask the seller if the seller believes that it will go FHA or VA as a starting point because they know that there may be some issues in the house that the real estate agent hasn't seen yet. It could be just a conversation over the phone. Now, often real estate agents that list houses, as I mentioned early on, will say this house is not going to qualify for FHA or VA and make it real simple, and then you can move on. The other thing that you want in an older house 
is that when you place the offer on the house, you want to buy a house where the seller hasn't already stipulated they're not going to fix anything because your home inspector may find something even if you're going with a conventional loan and you really want some help from them to fix some things in the house maybe not a lot but some things hopefully you negotiated such a good price that there isn't much left to cover all of that my point in finishing up here is that FHA and VA loans are not that difficult to get from a financial perspective. You know what the guidelines are there from your credit score and your ratios. However, you can't just pick any house. You need to pick a house that's going to pass that tough inspection. And that inspection really is for your benefit. A lot of these other things that I mentioned early on can easily be fixed. For example, if there's mold in the bathroom because the ceiling fan is broken, that's an easy fix. You clean the mold and you replace the ceiling fan and the mold shouldn't come back again. You know, or you've got a plumbing issue where the plumbing's not up to code because there's no vent pipe stack for the bathroom. Uh, the, all these things can be fixed. And if you're selling the house, going back to the seller again, it would be better if you could come up with the cash to fix these things. Now, often sellers don't have the money when they put the property up for sale. What they can do, however, if at least if it's going conventional, is put some money into the escrow fund so that the owner can get that cash at closing and fix all of those things. It's usually easier to do that than it is to negotiate a lower price because the buyers coming in with three and a half percent down don't have much money either. I just went through this process with a client of mine that was buying a house. They were going to come in with a three and a half percent down payment FHA and we looked at a house and decided nope it's not going to work. It, it's not going to pass FHA. So they decided maybe to go conventional with it on a 5% down basis. However, they didn't have the cash to do the repairs that would be required after closing. The owners didn't want to put the cash out, so they walked away from it. We went to another location that looked pretty good, and all of the things we found were relatively minor. But collectively, there was no way that FHA was going to pass that one either, and we backed out of that one. We actually went down the road on that one a little bit because it appeared that the seller would be willing to reduce the price to cover the cost for the repairs. However, uh, my client didn't have the funds to do that, and that often happens where the buyer doesn't have the extra funds. That's why they're going usually with 3.5% down. But then the seller doesn't have the funds either, and the deal just doesn't work. So don't waste your time. Work with your real estate agent. Try to find out before you even go to look at the place if the selling agent knows that it won't qualify for VH, VA or FHA loan. If they don't know that and you go take a look at the property, you're doing a more or less an inspection the first time you walk through 
your agent should be able to help you with that. No, they don't know for sure because they're not registered or certified inspectors, but they've seen enough houses to say, hey, I think this item and this item over here, that's enough to throw this off entirely. Uh, if we can talk to the seller and get the seller to fix those things before we make an offer or make the offer contingent on those things before the inspector is asked to go out there, you know, there are some things that can happen. But as I mentioned, usually what happens is that neither side has the funds to fix these and these houses end up being sold for either cash or uh, on a conventional financing basis. Well, thank you for listening to my discussion about trying to get a VA and FHA inspection cleared. You should have a much better idea of what you need to look for when you're going around looking for that house that will be your dream home. You don't want to go through this process week after week after week and find out that in the end you can't get that loan. So again, work with your real estate agent. Do some more research on your own. There's a lot of information on the internet about this. You can go to our website at loganandersonllc.com, L-O-G-A-N-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N-L-L-C.com. We have lots and lots of blog articles on everything real estate at our website. If you are contemplating buying a home on the Mississippi Gulf Coast or selling a home anywhere in the Mississippi Gulf Coast or in the state of Mississippi, please contact us. We specialize in working with people who are looking at FHA and VA loans. I'm a veteran, so I'm quite aware of what's required for a VA loan. I can help you take a look at the home and see if that home would qualify. Sean is very experienced working with people who attempt to obtain, and many do, an FHA loan or even a USDA loan. They also require an inspection. So please contact us through our website, loganandersonllc.com, L-O-G-A-N-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N.com. We welcome you back to other podcasts for Golf Life Now. Thank you for listening.